it's important for you to understand that it's not what type of work can I personally do. You have to have the mindset of what type of work can I personally manage. And once you adapt to that mindset shift, your whole world is going to change. Are you starting your journey into real estate business or entrepreneurship? Are you in need of strategies to help you reach your daily goals? That's right. Then the Oliver Perry Show is for you. Come and get the experiences and strategies to help you be successful. And now, your host, Oliver Perry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, whoever and wherever you are. Welcome back to the Oliver Perry Show. I'm Oliver Perry, and today I've got a guest who is known as a wholesaler. He's also very, very skilled in government contract work. First name, last name, Jay White. First name, last name, Jay White. I got to say it twice to make sure it's official. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, please, please help me welcome Mr. Jay White. Jay White, how are you, sir? My God, Oliver P, man. How you feeling, sir? I'm good, brother. It's good to see you. How you feeling? Yeah, it's a long time coming. Just this right. Just this sit down is a long time coming. I'm feeling yes, great. No complaints. Yes, it is. So let's let's jump in, bro. So tell the people about yourself and what you do. Give them an education. Ma'am, Jay White, first name, last name, right? So what I do is federal government contracting as the middle person. So I literally get government contracts and I subcontract them right out. I never touch the work. I never see it half the time. And I just have my subcontractors do all the work and I make a residual income off of it. Been doing it since um, 2011 and been successful since 2011. So right now, my company has over 38 active contracts. And out of the 38, 30 of them are four years and better. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 38 contracts, bro. Federal government contracts. Yes, sir. So what's what's the range of these contracts you're working? Well, matter of fact, let's before we jump that deep, let's go into how you got started in government contracting because I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, good question, man. Your boy was working at the gas station, man, and I was working at it, it was the it was the BP gas station, and one of my good friends came up to the gas station, gas station and said, "Hey, look, I'm getting ready to get a federal government contract in trucking." And I was like, "What's that? Federal? What are you talking about?" Bro, the next day, my guy got gets locked up in the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So he went to the prison system. And then I have I never heard from him again, at least for like the next six years. But that's what's tip, that's what got me started. That's what put the bug in my ear to even know what a federal government contract was. And then I, you know, muddled around in YouTube trying to piece things together. And then next thing you know, I finally got it together. Nice. That ain't yeah. bad, bro. That ain't yeah. bad. So you, so you're at BP gas station. Your buddy rolls up, puts the bug in your ear. You hit YouTube University, and then here we are, more or less, right? That's so, it. Much, so, all right. So, what is the key? What makes you so dangerous in this space? Because you're you are very skilled, from what I can tell, and just from listening yeah. to you. Because I work some of this stuff on the military side of the house, so I, some of the stuff I know. But you, even it. the stuff that I know, like you're spitting out stuff, I'm like, well, I don't know what he's talking about. What right. what has made you so skilled in government contracting? Man, to be honest with you, it's my common sense, man, and just my communication skills. I tell people all the time, all I got is a PhD, a public high school diploma. That's all I got. <laughs> so I can't talk over anybody's head, even if I wanted to, right? Right. So I'm I'm loving 
the fact that I'm able to talk with individuals and straight ask them honest and real questions because I always come into a space with me trying to learn. And I think that's what really started to catapult my business and my company because I would call these contracting specialists and not try to figure it out on my own and not try to avoid calling them. And I would just be candid. Hey, I'm new. I don't know. Can you tell me? And they would tell me, brother, and you don't got to tell me something, but one time. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. That's I'm it. I run. love it. I love it. So, so I know from government contract work, just working in contract contracts and seeing them, that the government tends to get a little tricky with how yeah. they go about things. Um, with that said, the, the most daunting thing to me seems like looking at a contract and then figuring out what means what and what's where. How do you tackle all that confusing jargon? So how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. Like so you got you to gotta piece by piece so it makes sense to you. I tell all my students, make it make sense to you. If it don't make sense to you, then it's not going to make sense to anybody else because you're we're as the middle person, we're looking at this information, not for us to actually understand it, but for us to articulate it to the subcontractor. So we can't even, you know, digest the information to articulate it. Then we still don't understand it. So you got to take it piece by piece and break it down section by section. But you're only looking for three things. Like you said, the government will give you 90 something thousand pages, right? Just, just to tell you, cut the grass. All, you, all, they tell, all they're trying to tell you to do is cut the grass. It'll give you 90 something thousand pages. <laughs> so I figured out a way just by communicating and with the contracting specialist that I break it down to just looking for three simple things that you're looking for. And now you can easily identify and articulate that to the subcontractor so they can get started and do whatever the work is that's being solicited. So mm. you just got to make it simple. You got to, it has to make sense to you. If it don't make sense to you, keep going over, keep reading. Right, right. Okay, yeah. so you, you mentioned your students. You oh, man. Are, you're, you're doing a, a class, aren't you? You're doing some kind of class. You've done some lives not too long ago, right? You're, or you yes, got sir. some more yes, coming sir. as well. Let's talk Absolutely. about that a little bit. What's, what's going on with you on the business side of it, of teaching people? How's that going? Yeah, man, it's going phenomenal. I have a digital course. So it's the federalcode.com. You can go there, get the digital course. And that's going to carry anybody from A through X, right? I never say Z because we want those checks to be residual and ongoing. So it's no end. So I never say a letter Z. So what we're doing, what we're doing in the course is we're literally teaching people from the fact that You don't have a company. This is how you formulate a company. Okay, now that your company is formulated, now let's get you through the registration process. After you're in that registration process, now let's teach you how to look for the right type of solicitations. Because, yes, as the middle person, I go for everything. But going for everything sometimes can lead you going for nothing. So I teach individuals how to look for the right types of solicitations, even though we're in all the everybody's lane. We're in all, every lane you can think of. That's the type of contracts we're going for. Then we got to teach individuals how to look for, you know, pricing, the right type of subcontractor, how to communicate with the contracting specialist, how to win the contract, what to do after you won the contract. So that course goes through everything and it's going phenomenal right now. I just launched it in February 1st. And we're doing, yeah, we're doing really good, man. It's doing nice, good. man. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Appreciate you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's fantastic. So let, let me ask you, man, and because and, I'm going to go back a little bit to yeah, what's really got you going down this path. Like, I know 
you know, your buddy being locked up, going through that whole thing, seeing that whole thing pan out had an effect. But what at what point were you like, all right, I'm I'm going for it. And then what gave you the confidence to take that leap? Because that's a big leap from, Man, from you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm le- legit the guy that, you know, uh, I will jump out of the roof, mm-hmm. jump off the roof and build my parachute on the way down. <laughs> I do it I like on the it. way down, man, because I, I don't have time to waste. Like when when stuff starts to get presented to me, I don't have no, I, I feel like, OK, it can't get it, it can't put me in a worse position than I'm already in. I mean, I was working at a gas station for crying out loud. A lot of people that have their six-figure incomes and their all their degrees in education, that's fine. But when it's an opportunity for you to make money, you know, off of your own efforts, off the off the your blood, sweat, and tears, your sweat equity, take that leap of faith and see what it feels like. Nobody says you have to quit your job, but you can still put time into building, you know, a part-time, uh, doing it part-time and build your full-time fortune. So I was like, you know what, if I don't take this opportunity to, you know, pursue these federal government contracts like hard, 100 percent, then I'm still going to be giving 50 percent of my time to the gas station and not really learning everything that I need to learn. So mm. I just took that real leap of faith, man. You know, got to walk by faith and not by sight. And I, I legit did that. Yeah, legit. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. That's dope, man. Okay, so you took the leap of faith. Now, here's here's what I always find interesting. I find it interesting just that thought process behind it when it comes to people who are entrepreneurs. You yeah. and quite a few others all take that, just take that jump. What is it that gives you that ability? Because you, I know you mentioned faith. Yeah. How much does that how much did that play into you really saying, all right, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to go until it's no more. OP. So I tell people a lot, too. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I never say I'm better than anybody. I just realized that I was different. All right. I just mm-hmm. I realize I'm different. So I, it's almost like a feeling that you continuously get when you're working at your job. It's like. I'm not supposed to be here. It's something greater for me. It's something bigger for me. A lot of people pour time into the lottery, right? They like, oh, I'm going to hit the lottery. A lot of people pour time into, you know, whatever else their hobbies are. You know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, your local basketball coach or your local football coach. They know they're supposed to be doing that. That's where their energy lies, right? Mm -hmm. And their focus. But they still work in that job. So for me, I I just was like, you know what? Faith definitely played a big part of it because at the end of the day, I still had bills. I still had, you know, I still had to eat, but I wasn't going to let the sacrifice or the 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 unknowing sacrifice because, you know, you never know how much you got to sacrifice until you start sacrificing. But I wasn't going to let the, the fact that I have to sacrifice stop me from getting to, I you know, or, or just explore my feelings. It's a feeling. It's a gut feeling. And oh, you got to always go with your gut. I had to explore it. And that's what I meant by I'm no different. I'm no better than anybody. I'm just different because when you're different, you're just going to take some some real chances. Right. It's a gamble. I, it couldn't have panned out for me. But one thing I do want to say is when I jumped out there in 2008, I'm, the only reason why I mentioned 2011 is because it took me three years to get my first contract. <laughs> I didn't I didn't jump out the window and build that parachute. I hit the ground a few times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I just, but I just kept going up the stairway and jumping out the window again right. and changing my habits, though. Right. So every time I, 
I jumped out the window. I didn't do it the same way. I would change my habits. I learned all those times I fell and hit the ground. Those are lessons learned. And I was like, all right, I can't do it this way. So this way again, let me calculate the win this time. Let me, you know, count the one, two, three, then jump. So I would do, I would start to do things a little bit different. And inch by inch, I started to realize I'm learning. I'm getting this thing. And then in 2011, I finally got it. Okay, so that's a lot. We got a lot to unpack in that, right? We yeah, got a lot yeah. to unpack. First thing we're going to unpack, we're going to talk about the sacrifice. Grant yeah. Cordon said during one podcast, uh, during David Shan's podcast, Social Proof Podcast, he said that you have to sacrifice something to get where you want to go when it comes mm-hmm. to entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. For you, what was the largest sacrifice? The the thing that was that sacrifice to you, where you was like, and you was real, like you really had to think about that. Time, man, time. It, it was time. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in my er, mid to early twenties, and that's party time. That's time where you just, you know, you really going with the flow. And I didn't have. I, I gave that up. I mean, right. legit. The party scenes, the hanging out at this person's house, hanging out at night, you know, chasing women. I had to give that up. I had none of that because I was like, okay, I left my job. I don't have any money coming in. I can't be a dummy and go out there and just party and think my life is going to instantly change. So my sacrifice was with the time, brother. Like, I mean, I thank God that I knew that my focus was so focused, right? I was tunnel vision because it, the temptation is real. Your boys call you, hey, come on, man. We going out to the beach. Are we going to D.C. this weekend? Bruh. That is real, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but now, to fast forward today, those same guys are calling me. They still my friends, but the conversation is different. Okay, how do you do this? Okay, you're investing in what now? Okay, teach me about this. Teach me about that. Because I sacrificed that time back then. Interesting. So let's. All right. Now, now you gave me a perfect segue. You talked about yeah. time. You said you had three years of what we like to call in the military and government work. OJT on the job training. Uh, bro, how, like, how did you how did you last? That's three years of the real struggle. And yeah. people in entrepreneurship constantly go around and they think, you know, it's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to knock this whole podcasting out tomorrow. I'm going a, I'm to a make this Instagram money tomorrow. But you yeah. played that game for three years. What kept you going to, for that three-year period? I've been a hustler, man. I mean, so anytime that you that you know the hustle game or been inside that type of world, you know Rome wasn't built in one day. You got to build it up to get to a certain level. So it was no different when I started to do federal government contracts, right? It was no different. Okay, I had no real job, but I was doing odds and ends stuff, right? I was going to label ready, getting $50 a day, $60 a day. Oh, I got some stories about that, those times, right? Give me me one. Don't skip it. Give me one. So I'm doing that. So uh, I have legit like probably like $12 in my account, and I just submitted a proposal. And this is like 2010. And I had to get up to uh, go to a labor-rated job because I'm like, man, I need some money. Like, I got to eat today, <laughs> right? I got to I got, I got to put gas in my car. I need something. I go to a labor-rated job, man, to do – I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Rotunda in downtown Norfolk, okay? Yes. Right, by, right by MacArthur Mall. 
I have built the rotunda with my bare hands, sir. Oh, no. I have built it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm driving to the rotunda right now. It's, it's ground zero then, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's not even built yet. And, man, to get extra money with Labor Ready, you got to give people rides. You got to put them in your car, and you get a percentage of their check because you gave them a ride. Right. And these dudes started doing crack in the backseat of my car. I, oh. I was like, you know I can't do it. I, can't. I didn't even make it wait, to the rotunda. Wait a second. Wait a second. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Hold on. We can't just blow by that. So, all right. So, I need I need to understand. How did this happen? How do you go from just driving and you hear somebody lighting up and the bubbling yeah. noise in the back and they yeah. stay in there? Listen. Wow. Okay. So, all I, I, hit it, I hit a light. I'm, I'm like, all right, man. I told y'all no smoking, but roll the window down. I think they smoking cigarettes or weed. So the dude said, "All right, I'm roll the window down." But now I hear a whole I hear a whole bunch of coughing and, and moaning, like, "Oh, I'm like what in the world?" All I did was look back, bro. That was it. I seen the pipe. I seen my man bent over like this. I said, "Yeah, you know what? Now I'm letting y'all out right here, man. Get out of my car. Get out. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. See, it's, it's those little intricate details that I tell some of my students. Hey, mm-hmm. you you have Condense your time frames by linking up with me. Your time frames are condensed. You don't have to go through all my lessons learned that I went through, right? You don't have to go through that. You still have your own mountains that I'm going to call molehills, but they're going to be mountains to you because that's relative. Your everybody's challenge is relative. But a lot of people, I don't care how successful you are, they don't see what it took to get to that level of success, and and the reason why you are the way you are today. So, yeah, man, crack in the back of my car, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get back. At, good God. That's a crazy story. All right. So let's get back. Let's get back to the main lane. You get to the rotunda. You're tell, talking about the rotunda and you're about to work with your hands and build up the rotunda. Go ahead. Yeah. Keep going from there. Yeah, man. So it was a it was a, a labor ready job that I was getting paid for every single day for construction. And I just was. uh just focus on doing it, man. I would talk to some certain guys, especially the older gentleman that was working, that didn't have a stable job. How did you get here? How are you even working right here? Like, what happened in your life to get you to this point? And they would give me some, you know, scare tactic. I don't know if it was that, but some real true down-to-earth stories. And as I'm doing this job, man, I'm doing my government contracting every day when I leave there. And I'm leaving there, you know, covered in dirt, mud, back breaking work hands are dirty and bleeding and i'm just like it, it gotta pay off <laughs> it, it just has to right because this isn't my life and like i was talking about earlier it's that feeling i know it's not my life but i know right at the moment this is my life this is the sacrifice i have because i have to go through this in order to see my vision through in the future so i never stopped doing it man i did it up until uh i won my first contract once i won that first contract other doors start to open up for me and it was over after that. Yeah, that's how that's how it goes in government contracts. So you get that first contract, people start yeah, feeling right. more comfortable with you. Now when you that's got it. that, when you were doing this during this three year period, were you married during this time frame? Uh no, not yet. Not yet. I was getting ready to I was getting ready to though. Yeah, no. Nah, it was coming. Yeah, it was coming. Right. <laughs> so how how now with your missus uh, now missus, of course, but yeah. at that time y'all y'all aren't husband and wife but you you know working towards that 
what was the yeah. effect of your adventure, more or less, your quest to become great in this entrepreneurship space? How did that affect her? And then how does she affect you in, in that time period? Man, greatly. It's pressure, man. It's not even only from, from her, my mom, my pops, uh, my aunts, uncles, family members, man. Like, what are you doing? You're smart. Get you a real job. You know, stop what you're doing. You can always pick this up on the back end, right? So, but when it's somebody that's that's extremely close to you and they're giving you that, well, I know you can do this, but I need you to do this over here. When you get to that point, it's, it's, it's almost like, man, they don't believe in me. So I understand that, okay, you don't have the vision. The vision is mine. So I really got to go hard now. Not even just to prove them wrong, or you know, I, it wasn't for me. It wasn't like oh, I need to prove you wrong, so I'm gonna go hard. It was like, all right, I had a feeling that you were gonna speak to me like this because of who I am, my background. So because of that, I'm already gonna do myself a, a, a great service, and I'm gonna push through not only the financial woes that we're going through right now, but because you kind of fifty percent believe in me, and the other fifty percent, you just like let me see what happens. So that just actually catapulted me, man, to keep going. So let me ask you this, man. With your with your experience and what you've been doing and all the stuff that you've been through, what's yeah. the one skill that makes you most dangerous in this space? Man, how I adapt. I'm like this. Right? I adapt fast. I don't care if it's within a conversation, if it's within a crisis, if it's with a pricing issue. If the subcontractor dropped out on me and I got to hurry up and get another subcontractor, I adapt so fast you can't even tell that it was an issue. So I I think, man, for me, it's how I adapt because when I'm talking to some of my students and they're going through, you know, some of the some some things that that they've never been through before, how they adapt makes them either pull back or go forward. Right. And I've always learned uh, you got to adapt, man. You, you got to be able to adapt, and especially within the federal government. Things are always changing and flip flopping. And if you don't have the ability to adapt, it's going to be a long road for you. That Jay White can't teach you. You got to be able to adapt. Yeah, that's the military way right there. That's definitely the military <laughs> government way. We will change up quick stuff quick as Real quick. Hurry. So the email right? right? <laughs> exactly. So how did you develop? Did you develop that skill? Were you born with that skill? How'd that come about? I think, man, how I grew up. I mean, I hate to sound cliche, but I think how I grew up, man, we moved. Uh, me personally, my mom uh, was a single parent and uh, we moved. Man, I went to at least, I don't know, five different elementary schools. I went to at least uh, six different middle schools and I went to five different high schools. So my personality to make new friends again, uh, get good, get, get in good with this friends or this group. And now I got to do it all over again. So that adapting or that adaptability came at an early age because we moved around so much. I got to get used to new teachers all over again, right? A new bus schedule, uh, you know, the lunches taste different here at this school. So it was either I'm going to hate it or I'm going to make the, make the most of it. That lemons to lemonade um, um, phrase, that's a real thing because that's how you adapt. Okay, it's not the best situation or it's not the ideal, but you can make it good by your attitude, right? Having a positive attitude and just doing what you can do in your control. 
So I think it came from, you know, just how I grew up. My mom's just moving around all over the place. Hey, mom, I appreciate you for moving around. All over the place. <laughs> God willing, mom is watching this. Mom, if you're watching this, we love you. Thank you so much. All right, man. So, <laughs> so now you're at the point where you're handling, you've got all these skills, you've got your adaptability, you're handling 38 contracts at the same time. Yeah, How did you go from one to 38? Because that don't seem like a, an easy <laughs> progression, to say the least. Yeah. So, I mean, I, my system grew as I grew. So some of the contracts that I were getting in the, um, in the early stages were one hit quitters, right? It was just provide a service one time and then the contract is over with. Or you you give the government a product one time after they purchase the product and it's delivered, it's over with. I'm like, I'm doing too much. I'm, I'm working hard. Like I'm getting decent money, but I'm working hard to get it. Right. And I was like, you know what? I need to start getting more contracts that are four and five years to have that longevity. And then I can circle back and get those one hit quitters, you know, the 50,000, the 75,000, mm-hmm. whatever the one time, you know, contracts are, I can circle back to get those because now I got six or seven contracts coming in, giving me, you know, $7,300 a month, 5,000 a month, $1,300 a month. So I was like, okay, this money is good, but let me just keep wash, rinsing and repeating. That's all I did. And next thing you know, the government started to call me. Hey, Mr. White, can you do this contract? Soul sourcing. And now I don't even have to bid on any contracts. And I'm, am I going to turn the government down? If they come calling me, hey, can you do this? It's always yes. I can do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll find a way, doggone it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can do it. So that's how the contracts started to pile up over time. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, look at where we are today. Wow. So you you'd mentioned systems in that. So systems, I find when talking to anybody who's in business, the systems are the make and break of what they do and how they do, at least at least to keep them from being the job as opposed to creating a job. Right. Uh, Or sorry, not creating the job the other way around, being the job as opposed to creating the job for somebody else to do as opposed to being the job itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I got it right that time. But no, that's right. Whatever. That's right. We'll, we'll figure that <laughs> out. So, with that said, what's the, what was the biggest system for you, and how did you discover that that was the system that was going to help you to take it to the next level? Man, I'm going to be really, really like uh, Joe Blow with this answer, but it was it was being organized. That was my system, right? Okay. I was all over the place. I wasn't streamlined. I wasn't. Uh, understanding what I did to win five and six contracts because I never recorded it. I never did it. Most people, business people call it SOP, right? I never had a standard operating procedure, but mine started, my system started when I just got organized. Now I can see when my contracts are due. Now I can see when I need to invoice the government. Now I can see when the subcontractor need to invoice me. Now I can see Who did I pay out this month versus who I still need to pay out? So once I got organized, that was my system because the the federal government or doing this business as the middle person is easy. You get the contract, you subcontract it out. Every month, the subcontractor is going to invoice you. Every month, you're going to invoice the government. That's easy, right? But if you're not organized, it's not going to be easy. You're going to forget to invoice the government. You're going to have two and three months of subcontractors invoices piled up that you haven't paid yet because you're not organized. So for me, my system was just getting organized. Once that happened, everything was smooth. 
everything. Mm. So how how difficult is it? So I find it difficult when dealing with contractors on the real estate side of the house. And I don't yep. mean that as a negative thing to anybody, the contractors. I mean that as in some contractors just don't want to talk to you. They don't call you back. You got a project. I got a deadline. I got permits. They part of the reason I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to leave the flipping part alone, right? What's the, is there a difference between the subcontractors that you deal with any other business as opposed to the subcontractors in government contracting? It's the same, man. Some of these guys, they, well, let me take it back. It's the same in terms of when you're initially reaching out to these folks because they don't know where you stand. Are you with the government? Are you working for the government? Are you by yourself? Do you have the contract already? Right. So they don't know where you stand. So they have all these questions, rightfully so. So it's it's not difficult or I don't call them being difficult. I just call them being making sure they're getting the right information and know who they're getting in bed with. So me using my God given skill just uh, to communicate with them. Right. OK, I'm going to let you know exactly what's happening. And if they don't understand it or they still don't want to get with the program, guess what? It's probably about a thousand other companies in your local area that do the same thing that you do. So we just call it another one, right? It's a, everything is a numbers game. I don't care what business it is. It's still a numbers game. So it's still a numbers game to get to the right type of subcontractor mm. to partner up with to do that work. Mm, okay. Okay. That, I mean, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Now, yeah, I know you've got... And we're going to segue away from the government contract in a little bit. Actually, no, I'm lying. Let's go into something so, real quick that I think I think people need to know this, particularly when it comes to you and your course. They need to know what your goal is for your students, because you and I have talked about it before. And I know you spit it, but people need to hear it. What's your goal when people take your course? Nice, man. Great question. So the overall goal is for individuals to understand this process. I personally feel like if you understand how to get awarded federal government contracts, now you can feed fish for yourself. Right. I'm I'm no longer teaching you at that point because you've understood the process. Number two, the goal is to also understand how you can make your 15 to thirty five hundred dollars per contract per month for the next four to five years. If you understand those two things, which is my overall goal, now all you got to do is wash, rinse, repeat. What's wrong with getting five or six contracts at $3,500 a piece for the next five years? I love it. The compound effect takes effect once once that happens. So my goal is to understand the process. And then I also understand that once you're getting your $1,500 to $3,500 per contract to do it all over again. Mm, okay. That's, uh, that's not my pleasure, man. My pleasure. I think that is something that's really important to me because there's so much information out there that people just don't have when it comes to yeah. government contracts in particular, because I'm on the other side of it. I've seen what the FAR looks like. The We, we use oh. a regulation called the FAR to go through these contracts and figure out who deserves what, who gets what, who doesn't get what. And that mm-hmm. thing is ridiculous and it's confusing. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, even on learning it on my side, military side of the house, being able to hear that from you and really hear that people are going to learn that kind of thing and really figure it out. I think that's dope. Like, it's it's a great thing that you're doing that because people need it. It's a knowledge that should be out there. That's not. So yeah, yes, sir. with that said, let's talk a little bit about your real estate experience, because I understand you spent yeah. some time in real estate as well. Let's talk about that a little bit. What did you yeah. do on the real estate side of the house? I killed it. I was a wholesaler. 
I killed. Oh, excuse me. Excuse yeah, man. Me. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I can't even be modest with that. I was killing myself, man. That was it. That was like, yeah. So I, I, the biggest things that I did in real estate were now. I'm in some developing um, situations right now, but. When I started out as wholesaler, yeah, bro, we got to talk about that OP. Yeah, we got to talk, yeah, yeah, talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I started off wholesaling, man, because I didn't have the money and I didn't have, uh, you know, a lot of resources to me. And I heard that, you know, wholesaling was the best way to get in. And for me personally, it was. It panned out. Wow. Okay. So you ho- so you are ho- are you still wholesaling now? Or are you just straight uh, up? You can catch me every now and then doing the wholesale if dabbling. I, if okay, I feel got like. It. Yeah. Got it dabbling. I understand. You got it. Got to dabble every now and then. I get yeah. it. All right. So now you. So how did you transition out of wholesaling into government work? When did that? When did that come about? So it was the same time. I quit the job in 08. Yeah, I quit the job in 08. And as I'm trying to, you know, I'm working the labor ready jobs. I'm not getting a. Uh, I'm not getting any federal government contracts. I'm like, man, I have to do something, right? That's when that's when I know I'm different because I don't have to go back to a job. I just need to figure something else out simultaneously to bring me a check. So I recruited my cousin actually to help me do wholesaling. Because <laughs> <I love> <laughs> my cousin is like my cousin is like a, a brainiac. Like he loves to do research. I don't want to do any research. See, this is how I knew I was going to start delegating these federal government contracts. I don't want, I don't want to do that part. What I want to do is I want to talk to the own homeowner and I want to talk to the investors. I want to talk to them because if I talk to them, I got them. Right. That was my whole thing. If I talk to you, I got you. So that's how I was doing at the same time. So around the time that I won my first federal government contract, I had I had got two wholesale contracts sold right before I won my first federal government contract. Yeah, brother. I told you, it, start, it started all to like come together at the same time and my life just pow, like 10x. Shout out to Grant Cardone, man. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, we're gonna, we're probably gonna have to bring you back for a round two and we're gonna talk straight up development next time. This is, yeah. this is something that I'm looking forward to hearing about from you and I know we got, we're low on time at the moment, but it's still something I definitely want us to make sure we go to. So with that yeah. said, we're going to start and get into the closeout area of the interview. And in this, we're going to ask you three questions, right? The first question is what we call troop to task. Troop to task is where you give the listener and viewer one thing that they can do right now to start on that path, the contracting, wholesaling, whatever you think it might be. One thing they can do right now to change their path. So on the federal government contracting side, as the middle person, the one thing you can do right now is register your company into SAM.gov. Register your company into SAM.gov. Right after you're approved, you're able to start bidding on federal government contracts. It's that easy. Nice. Okay. You can do that right now. Yep. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's, that's an easy step. I'll get after that. All right. So next thing is what we call situational awareness. And what situational awareness is, is where you give the listener and viewer one thing, one thing that they can do or sorry, one thing that they can read or listen to right now to educate themselves on what's happening in your space. Man, go to my Instagram at I am Jason White underscore. I'm giving out tons of free game. All of my videos I teach. I tell people all the time I teach people for free on Instagram. So the one thing you can do right now, go to my Instagram page and I promise you I'm laying it out and I'm not holding back. 
OP can attest to that. I'm not holding back. I'm giving you everything that you need on there. So yep. go do that. Go do that thing. Yeah, I can. I, I was watching them earlier today. They, I can guarantee you, you will get some stuff out of those lives and out of those videos. All right, Jason. Now it's time for the hard punching question. Oh what man, let me ask. Let me sit up straight. Guest. Yeah, man, get it together. You might want to take. You know, might want to do some stretches or something and get yourself ready. Uh, so the question is. What question do you wish you were asked more often? Whew, man, that's tough. What question do I wish I was asked more often? Mm. I wish I was asked more often, what type of mindset do I need to have for this federal government contracting as a middleman? Mm. What type of mindset do I need to have? Because I never get asked that question at all because it's important for you to understand that it's not what type of work can I personally do. You have to have the mindset of what type of work can I personally manage. And once you adapt to that mindset shift, your whole world is going to change. It's going to change. So I wish people would ask me that question more often. Ask me every day, actually. Ooh, that's a, <laughs> now, now you're going to get it in your DMs. You're going to get it all over the place now. This is going to be good. <laughs> That's it, though, brother. That's it. That's it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Jason, yeah. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so, so much for coming on. Please Man, tell the you. audience how they can get a hold of you. So reach out to me at I am Jason White underscore on Instagram. When you go to my Instagram page, you're going to see that I got my text number up. Go to my text number. Tap in even on my Instagram and my text community. I'm just giving you the game. I'm just giving you the keys because like Oliver said, it's a lot of information out here that people just don't know how to put this information into a place where they can execute it. And I'm giving you that all in one location. So thank you, Oliver, for uh, having this platform, brother, and invite me on here to speak to the people and, and to your entire audience. It's my absolute pleasure, bro. It's going to be epic. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Oliver Perry. You can find me at The Oliver Perry on IG. You can find The Oliver Perry Show now on YouTube as of today. What's today? The 22nd of February on YouTube. Uh, I have no idea at what point we're going to put this one up, but it's going to come. I got a schedule. I just got to look at it and see. But (laughs) we'll put it up. It's going to be there. Please, please, please tap in. If you would, please leave a review, leave a rating, show some love, leave a comment. If there's something we can improve on, please let me know. Info at The Oliver Perry Show. My team will get that information to me ASAP and we can make it happen. All right. So, again, we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next. Oh, sorry. Sorry. See you and talk to you next time. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Oliver Perry Show. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, be sure to follow Oliver at The Oliver Perry on Instagram, Oliver Perry on LinkedIn, and The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. Until next time, take care.